Hello and welcome to TNT, the technology and things podcast. Your host, Paul Ferraro, is a former IT exec and currently a technology advisor. Jeff Kruger, a fellow technology enthusiast, is the co-host. They both spent many years working for a Fortune 500 company and are both passionate about leadership, technology, and the community. We've been doing a lot of pandemic specials. Oh, yeah. Well, welcome to another edition of the Technology and Things podcast. Hello, Jeffrey. Hello, Paul. Uh, it's good to be with you again. Uh, today, we are joined by Richard Sauer. Hey, Hi, Richard. Hello. Richard is a cybersecurity pre-sales architecture guru for Evotech. Is that is that right, Richard? That sounds good. I like okay. it. Does, I, does that I all fit on the, the business card? I was going to say, you have a much longer business card to make that work. But Richard I like is, I, I, I do a lot of calls with Richard, actually, and, and uh, the guy is, uh, he is very talented. And uh, I love riding shotgun with Richard because I, I usually have to do very little. Gotcha. So. <laughs> he does all the hard, oh, hard work. I'll take, I, I'll take the easy question. Like when there's a real easy question, I'll be, Richard, let me get this one. Uh-huh. And then I, I, I jump in <laughs> and then we get back to the hard questions. Yeah. Does that title come with a cape? Do you get like a cape and maybe like a suit as well? Yeah, I just don't wear it very often. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's in the back of the closet. <laughs> so, so yeah. So we're, today we're, we're going to be talking to Charles Ross, who is the chief customer officer for Tanium. And uh, excited to talk to him and kind of learn what uh, he's been actually with the company for, I think, almost since the very beginning. And so looking forward to talking to him and learning all about Tanium. And uh, but before we uh, jump into that, um, Jeffrey, we have a decision to make. Uh Oh, so we are going to give away 25 gift cards to the first 25 people that enter you know, the fill out the form, basically. Okay. All right. Which is, the form's going to be uh, evotech.com slash TNT29. So. Do we have uh, to pick which 25 people win? No, no, no. We get to pick what the gift card is. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, okay. What do you think we should use? Hmm, hmm. And Richard, you can you can vote too if you have an idea. I feel like Grubhub is, is highly utilized these days. Yeah, right? yeah. That's Grubhub, a, that's a good yeah. one. Or, or perhaps Netflix. Uh, is a decent one, right? Because that can, even if people already have it, it adds on to the end of their subscription. Okay. I didn't think about that. You, yeah. can, you can give someone a, a Netflix uh, gift card? You uh, you can. I, I have, in fact, done it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, interesting. I have. Or maybe even one of the less common streaming services like Apple Plus or CBS All Access or whatever. I like it. Yeah, Disney Plus is going to have a lot now because they've got The Mandalorian Season 2 coming up and a bunch of other uh, like Marvel-like shows like WandaVision's coming out. And uh, I don't... Yeah, there's they've got a, a ton in the works, so... Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do... Uh, what do you think? Disney Plus then? Yeah. I mean, you know, why not? Okay. All right. Well, we'll give away 25, $25 gift certificates to uh, Disney, Disney Plus. We'll do it. That's what we're going to do. Now that we said that, I don't even know. I don't know if Disney Plus has gift cards. <laughs> I know that Netflix does. That's a I'm good point. Sure well, Plus whatever it's going to be, it'll be a $25 gift card uh, for the first 25. And, and if it's not Disney Plus, because that's a good point, we should have probably 
thought about that first. But uh, if not, it'll be some other cool thing like Amazon or Grubhub or, or one of those. So we'll, yeah. we'll make sure it's one of those things. It'll be something that you want. It's, it's not going to be like a subscription to Harry and David's like, you know. No, no, no. It's not going to be a $25 <laughs> gift card to a wine thing that you have to spend $300 right, for. Right, like, right, It's not. Why do they do that at every one of those benefits? It's like there's some basket full of random junk that you're like, I don't want this. You, you know, can like, never get any actual wine no, with those. I know, I know. <laughs> Jeez. All right. So. Uh, we would never do that to our loyal and faithful listeners. All right. We've right. got. We've got Charles on, so we're gonna we're gonna let him uh, jump in here. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey Charles, how you doing? Doing very well, thank you very much. Welcome on our Technology and Things podcast. Thanks for thank joining you. us today. Thanks, it's my pleasure to be here. Uh, just so you know who we are talking to, we've got uh, we've got Jeffrey Kruger. Uh, hey Charles, hi, how are you? Jeffrey is our co-host. And then we've got Richard Sauer on as well, who is a cybersecurity pre-sales guru. That's the title I gave him today. And he works, <laughs> he works for Evotech, as you can tell from his uh, banner there. But uh, yeah, so Richard. Nice to meet you, Charles. Yeah. Nice to meet you as well. I brought, I brought Richard along, Charles, so, so that uh, you know, I had some, some ammo here so that you know, he really knows, he knows this space super well. So I thought it'd be great to have him, uh, him along with us. What'd you bring oh, me for, great. Paul? Uh, just in, in case I pass out or something. Oh, okay. or, or I'm like a safety, a safety co-pilot here. Basically, yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Con- like if, contractual obligations. Yeah. I just stay awake. You can't fall asleep. That's the only, only requirement. Yeah. Hey, I'm drinking coffee, so I'm going to be awake. There's no chance of that. Yeah. Uh, so, so, Charles, we, um, it'd be great to maybe start off with just uh, learning a little bit more about you and kind of where... Uh, I know, I know that you're the chief customer officer. I, I'd love to learn more about what that is. But before we kind of get into that, maybe just talk a little bit about your background and kind of uh, how you came to Tanium. And uh, it's nice to get to know you a little bit. Sure. Sure, it's my pleasure. So um, my background before Tanium, um, well, let me start and say I've, I've been at Tanium for a little over six years now. Um, which uh, may seem like a big number, small number, but when you consider the company was about 50 people when I joined, (laughs) it was was relatively small. Um, We're about 1,600 people now. Um, So really kind of had the opportunity to join them when they were just starting to take the product out to market. Um, I knew the product really, really well. That's the reason why I I was anxious and excited to join the company. I had been working at McAfee prior to Tanium for a little over 12 years. Um, doing pre-sales, um, running pre-sales for the Americas uh, for McAfee before I left. And Tanium uh, was actually partnered with McAfee back at that time. And uh, McAfee was white label uh, OEM selling Tanium. And every time I went into any customer pre-sale situation, you know, inevitably I talk about all the McAfee stuff and then eventually get to this little Tanium plug at the end. And, and then all of a sudden customers would stop and say, okay, what is this? Like, how is that doing what it's doing? You know, I'm impressed. I want to hear more about it. And you know, I found myself doing more and more, you know, sales calls for, for Tanium than I was for McAfee, which I didn't think was fair to McAfee. So I decided to, uh, to, to join, join Tanium and, and uh, get started. So that's, that's kind of my path to, to how I got to where I'm at. That's awesome. That's, that's funny. Uh, so, and then, and then what, what does a chief customer officer uh, do? 
So my wife asked me that almost every <laughs> single day. <laughs> and I have to explain it to her every single time, which is fine. I, I totally get it. It's a very untraditional title. Um, internally, I, I have to make sure that our customers are happy and they, they are getting the value out of Tanium uh, and that they stick around for a while and, and enjoy more of the, the new technology that we're developing. So under my, my remit in total, I've got um, all the pre-sales, all the professional services, um, all the ongoing support, customer success type elements um, that you'd find in any organization. So um, they, they basically, I'm the throat to choke. If customers are angry or unhappy or frustrated, then uh, you know I've, I've got to be their voice and advocate internally to Tanium. And uh, obviously I work directly with engineering and with our product teams, making sure that we're building the right things that our customers are looking for as well at the right time. So uh, really try kind of Grand Central Station for everything that our customers are doing uh, internal to Tanium. Yeah, I, I don't think I had seen that title before. And uh, it actually, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, rather than just sort of having a, you know, a customer support organization where it's like, you know, give us a call if you have any problems. This is, this, this sounds like you're, you're really, it's it's wrapping around the whole set of things from like pre-sales to to the delivery of of, of services to uh, to the support and and it's, so it can't be like well that that's over in the support organization love to help you but um, yeah that's a different thing you know it's it's sort of one um, one umbrella like you mentioned yeah so you you nailed it I mean that that was something that was very premeditated uh, decision making that we made early <laughs> on in taking was um, let's remove silos i mean we're we're gonna you know uh, be out there selling a platform. We know that our customers are going to have their own challenges um, with bureaucracy and resistance to change and we're a new thing and how are they going to adopt us if we had a bunch of barriers internal a bunch of silos a bunch of handoffs then there's a good likelihood that that customer when they really need us the most um, we're going to be stuck flat-footed and it's what every other company tends to sort of design their models around and we chose uh, to build something a bit different and and i think after six years of running it i would tell you it's uh you know and talking with our customers they they're very happy with it because they they get a human human being on the phone uh every time they call that cares a lot about their environment that knows them inside now knows why they bought it knows how they're using it knows what they want to do next there's not any you know give me your customer number and let me look you up in the database and have you thought about resetting your computer like there's none of that like you, sort of, <laughs> you cut right to the problem solving and 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 you know and so that i think really gives customers comfort when they're starting to do something new that's you know uh might not be something they're used to doing in, inside their company that is a really cool like uh, choice of structure. It it does sort of feel to me like you volunteered to jump on a whole lot of grenades, though. Uh, you have to do that. You you uh, <laughs> one of my interview questions to candidates is: Imagine it's Friday night. You're at the movie theater, the mo- with your spouse. The movie had <laughs> just been released. You had a nice dinner, a nice glass of wine, and you look down and the phone is ringing, and you've got a customer who's down. How do you respond? And the correct answer is. I have a visceral pain in my stomach. I got to get out of this movie theater as quick as possible and get to the closest internet I can get to. If you've got that attitude and that mentality, then you'll do really well in this role. And um, I'm happy to say that, you know, my team is a little over 300 people strong of folks that we've found. It takes a lot of work to find them. Our interview process is very unconventional. You've got to interview with the chairman of the board. It's, I mean, I, I, think, we, I think we freak people That's out. That's pretty unconventional. They're, they're like, what am I getting myself into? And we go, <laughs> listen, working with customers on the front line, it's one of the most critical jobs we've got in the company. And you've got to be the right personality. You've got, you've got to have the right DNA. But if you can find those people, customers appreciate it a lot. 
So. See, I've done too much 24-hour support, so if you asked me the question about what I do in the movie theater when the phone goes off, <laughs> I would have said, remember next time to turn off my phone before the movie <laughs> yeah, starts. Exactly. We get a fair <laughs> amount of those, too, and we send them off to our competitors. Yeah, and yeah. So You'd be great over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ideal tanium material. Don't say that point. to the chairman of the board, <laughs> okay. Jeffrey. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe I need There's a different hope. job title. You know, It couldn't be There's in the support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe you, you know, have that, people interview with your chairman of the board. Though. That is, uh, that's pretty cool. Like, how does that go? How does that go? I mean, I think people are scared uh, to death until they recognize that he's uh, he's a very, very decent human being, very friendly, very, uh-huh. very outgoing, and um, and really at that point, it's about setting the cultural tone for them about what it is that we're looking for and expecting. And and if you can get that right, even before they join, I, I'm a big culture, you know, fan of, of really everywhere from the first time you talk to someone to when they're in, in the company operating, you're, you're, you're exuding your culture to them and what you're expecting out of them. It, it's not, the values aren't what you put on, you know, your posters and, you know, your, your uh, successory stuff and things like that. It's, it's about like how you, how you live and how, how you operate. And, and that meeting in particular is a real defining moment of like, listen, we're going to put you out there and you're going to be in front of some really important customers. We need you to really, really be empathetic to what they're going through. The challenges they have are real. Um, we spent a long, long time building this technology. In fact, most people don't know Tanium's 13 years old. I mean, it's it, the company itself was already, you know, halfway through its existence by the time I joined them. You know, I was, I was kind of late to the game in some, some respects, but they were working on pioneering this communication technology for so long with no real idea of whether or not this thing had use cases or merit. It was just, can we get agent to server communication sped up in a way that it could scale and be able to do things uh, in a way that had never been done. And so once we got to the point of like the technology works, it's robust. Um, now it's let's put all our, our strength behind making sure customers, you know, get great value out of that. So yeah, getting to that meeting with the, with the chairman is a, I mean, I think, I think by the time a candidate gets the scarlet letter, they're first like, what is Tanium? Who is this? Why did you pick me? Cause we, we don't look for traditional people. There's no job description or role that sort of translates into what makes a TAM. But by the time we find people we think are good candidates, by the time they get to the end of the process, which does take some time, I think they um, have learned a lot about Tanium and what, what the expectations are. So there aren't any surprises. We don't find people that, you know, fail on entry to come into the company and like, oh, you want me to do that? Oh, I, I, I can't do that. I can't. <laughs> mm. Movie theater? Leave the movie theater. Like, we made it really clear. That's what we're doing. So. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, referring uh, to something we were talking about a little bit earlier around the, the continuity from pre-sales to post-sales implementation to, you know, ongoing support and maintenance is, is key to success. Clients aren't having wanting to have to explain their goals to the pre-sales team and then re-explain their goals to the implementation team and then re-explain their goals to the customer support team, right? They're they're on a long journey and they need everyone to kind of be in lockstep in order for them to get to that journey. So that's that's great to hear that you guys have, have broken down those silos because a lot of other companies those are those are issues. Yeah. I, I appreciate you recognizing that. That's exactly exactly the problem statement we were going after. When, and we, you know, honestly, we were very fortunate. We had we had a, a, a blank palette. We could have done and chose whichever kinds of models we wanted to do. And um, and then the test was really how did those models scale over time, and how do you evolve them? And that takes a lot of effort. I mean, that that you know, honestly, is what keeps me busy a lot of the time and up at night and things like that is keeping that customer focus as you, as you're growing and as these roles are getting more specialized over time making sure we still have that 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 touch and that that uniqueness experience and 
Um, and that's, you know, if you go talk to any Tanium customer, you're going to hear two things. One, really, really powerful technology. Two, oh my gosh, they, I mean, I've had, I've had a customer tell me like, you guys care about my environment more than anyone else on my team. Even the ones that I reward every year for being, you know, top performer. <laughs> And, um, and, you know, my response is great. That's what we're doing. He's like, no, 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 that's not that's, great. I, yeah. him. I paid him to do that. <laughs> so, you know, the reality is they're paying us for software. So we're, 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 uh, we're definitely, uh, you know, in, in, in the equation with them. So that's a great thing to hear. I'm sure when you, when you hear that from them. Uh, so, so uh, we, we were just joking around before you joined Charles about our um, it's another one of our pandemic uh, specials here. Cause we've been doing this uh, kind of remotely since uh, March or so. Um, what is what are you seeing with you know obviously with everybody working from home um how is that how has that changed uh tanium's uh you know use case and and what are customers doing differently or or how how have you um had to react to to that yeah. so I, I asked you like four questions at once but pick one of those and and, and go with it. <laughs> yeah let me let me unpack and i'd say that you know our, our uh, support model was ready for this. Uh, it, it was ready for sort of the unexpected when every customer simultaneously called in and said, I need help, what can you guys do? And, um, you know, I, I think the pandemic offered some really interesting lessons for all of us. And, and, and the first is, uh, wow, all that planning to do these, you know, massive digital transformation projects, it traditionally took years and years of thought, like we can actually do some of those overnight if we just sort of get out of our own way. And, and, and you know, in this case, it was very unfortunate we had to do it, um, but uh, companies survived. I mean, they, they, you know, one day they had everyone working in an office, the next day everyone's working at home, some of them working on their, you know, kids' laptops, and yet business, you know, continued on. Um, what I think we've learned is uh, attackers don't, don't sit around and, and they don't have hearts. I mean, they're not sitting around thinking, Hey, you know what, this is a really bad situation. I need to be you know, <laughs> yeah. nice, generous and careful. There's people dying and, you know, they're like perfect opportunity. Like let's monetize this, you know, this, uh, this set of conditions. And what we've seen is just a dramatic increase, a, a spike in new types of, of cyber crimes coming in, uh, taking advantage, um, of, of organizations that are, uh, right now, they're 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 stressed. They're struggling. They're they're trying to adapt to what comes next. And the last thing they want to think about is this whole new series of threats that are uh, alluring, uh, you know, to their their people, pushing them to click on links around you know COVID research or you know internal links about what we're doing, you know, in terms of bringing people back to work. All those are like things that when you see those, you're, you're going to click on them. I mean, those, those are things that are just obvious. I want to know what comes next. Um, but the things that didn't change were the fact that a lot of these underlying controls in these environments, the stuff like patching and asset management and compliance and all that was still very much gaps in these companies. They didn't necessarily have all that. They didn't have their house in order. And so when we moved everyone out of the office, now we just had a much more greater um, expansion of this attack surface. So I, I think for us, we're, we're adapting with our customers. We're helping them kind of process and get to the next point in their evolution, but it's still, it's getting back to the basics in, in so many cases. It's getting back to knowing what you have, knowing where it's at, knowing what state it's in. And, and even if that asset now is your kid's, you know, Chromebook, it, it still needs <laughs> 
you, you need to know about it. It's, it's transacting business for your company. Like you, you got, you got to have some basic level controls around that. Um, I think companies that, that didn't try to over-engineer that just went back to the very simple approach of hygiene have fared really well. The ones that wanted to sort of over-engineer security controls and put all kinds of advanced techniques on these, these systems have, have just struggled to try to get these things to work. Cause a lot of these products weren't scaling well in a corporate environment. And now you've, you've amplified that. And obviously you expose a lot of weaknesses in the technology. Yeah, it's it's hard enough to do this stuff in in the office setting, let alone trying to do this when when everyone's at home. But also, you mentioned can, can anybody these Chromebooks are so small? I, I don't <laughs> I've I've tried working on them. It's like <laughs> that the screen needs to be twice as big on these things. <laughs> these poor you kids. You would be you would be surprised <laughs> at how what I've seen people say that they're connecting with and wow. how they're getting fine. But when you think about it, I mean, you, you literally were told I, you cannot come into the office and we don't want you here. Like, like, but you've got to keep working. And by the way, we can't get you a laptop because you know the manufacturers are months and months delayed because everyone else is trying to get a laptop. And so you, you sort of have to improvise and use what you've got. And yeah. companies uh, were, you know, they wouldn't. No one's going to readily advertise this, but you sort of had to lower your standards a bit and say, listen, like, we'll accept that on the network. It, like a week ago, you would have been, you know, maybe kicked out of the company for bringing that online. Now you're totally okay, but we need to put some basic things on there uh, to be, to be effective. And that's really where companies are focused. It's just, let's get some basic controls in place and, and that, you know, and, and really keep a watchful eye on what's going on. We're not going to get, we're not going to prevent everything. It's just not going to happen, but we want to know when it happens and know how to contain it as quickly as possible. It's like I fired up my Apple II GS with its Courier 56K modem dialed in. I'm ready to. I'm ready to transact ready to some, <laughs> some 80 column text. Yeah. How do I get? How do I get that agent? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we well, can get agents over modems. We've done this before, so it's it's, uh, it's it's not ideal, but you know you can you can get an agent over there. But uh, yeah, no, you've we've seen some very rudimentary. <laughs> yeah, it has really driven creativity. I think across the board. Um, you know the the. The uh, everything that we've been doing here the last several months, which is cool, you know. I mean, it's nice to see there's ingenuity is left within us. Yeah, you know, we, we there's a lot of people that are uh, they have great intentions, great problem solvers, and we've given them a, one of the hardest problems. And by the way, with zero playbooks, I mean, they they you know the organizations have spent so much time planning out every disastrous situation. My data center goes down, we're breached, or you know, ransomware. I. I've not seen a company yet that says, oh, yeah, the pandemic playbook. Let's go ahead and pull that one off the shelf and run that. It's there. There wasn't any. So you're, you're sort of having to kind of make it up as you go along. But, you know, I, I, I think uh, I think companies have done really well and people have, have really stepped up to that challenge. I think they're really tired. I think they're exhausted uh, from all the, the, the you know, curveballs are being thrown at them and asked to do more and more with less. But um, overall, I, I think I think uh, companies have fared really well. Yeah, so so uh, you mentioned the agent. So one of the things that I, I remember was that you know a lot of times these things were, you know, you had to have. You talked about kind of what do you have, you know. Then it's like the asset management piece, and then you know looking at vulnerabilities and all these different things. And so you'd end up with you know two, three, four agents on on a machine. And, and Jeff and I used to always joke about how you know it's like I, IT had more apps running on your machine than 
then you you know then the actual person that wanted to use the machine right you know and it's like can i can i get a few resources uh th- to use and and actually do some work i'd like to use my computer now it is that okay like yeah. transaction business for the company <laughs> yeah exactly what is what does that look like for you guys uh these days i mean um is this is this all consolidated now is have things gotten better in, in that regard so I, I think that um, most companies uh, have seen for a while now that their IT budgets are not growing dramatically. Even with COVID, you would think like that's a big IT event. Um, budgets were flat. I mean, they, they continue to be flat in most cases and, you know, holding steady, not, not going down. But, um, but initiatives keep uh, increasing and accelerating. So the message we're sending is like, you, you've got to do more with the same, like, you know, and, and so you got to figure out how to get better leverage out of the things you're doing today. So what we've seen is organizations are now really opening their eyes to platforms that are unified, that allow them to do more under a single um, structure, under a single agent, than necessarily going out there and focusing on the best of breed, let me buy one of everything. And, you know, and that, that for a while was prevailing, the prevailing logic, you'd go in the grocery store, you go down every aisle and pick something, and then you put it all together and hope you got a recipe when you get home. And, and what they found is that you end up with a lot of very disparate parts and pieces. Um, and you really don't have as much power as you think you have. You, you've got a lot of things doing things, but when you look at the cumulative result, you're not really getting better. You're in fact getting worse in a lot of cases. And so what we've um, been very big proponents of is that we've got to increase the amount of agency that we're giving organizations to th- their endpoints. That's where we're really focused. Um, you've got to have unfettered access and authority over that endpoint at any given time. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. You don't know what an hour is going to bring. You don't know what you're going to need to do next. It may be patching. It may be you've got a threat internal. Maybe you just want to understand a performance issue. You've, you've got to be able to go to that endpoint and get those answers. And you can't go to five, 10 consoles like you're, what you're referring to and the reality is most of those vendors only get partially the way deployed. I mean, that's what something most yeah. companies will, no one's going to show you their report card on how deployed they are. Cause most companies are like, Hey, 75% deployed of this thing. We're, we're rocking. We're doing great. I've got three boys. If any of them came home with 75% across the board on their report card, I wouldn't say, Hey, great. You guys are doing <laughs> awesome. Like, you know, keep up the good work. It's so we we've accepted mediocrity as, as a way of living. Um, and it's not, it's not okay. It's not, it's not successful. And so, um, I think organizations are starting to really open their eyes to consolidation of agents, rationalization of what they've got, re- like reducing the re- redundancy. Cause that's the other thing is a lot of these tools, you know, are start with one thing and then they morph into other things and then they start overlapping each other. And in these highly competitive spaces, when one vendor does something, everyone else wants to play ball. And so before you know it, you've got five tools that could all do the same thing. And the reality is none of them are really doing all that effectively. So not to mention the the operational overhead and impact. I mean, your data centers are getting full and full of, of all these management servers and databases and all the associated architecture you need just to get the thing up and running. People don't have time anymore. And, and, and so I think we're seeing a, a vast consolidation, a vast rationalization. You mentioned four agents. That's that's actually a pretty good environment. Most of the ones we walk into are like 25 to 50 and they love bragging about it. I've got 50 agents on my endpoint. And I'm like, what Whoa. are you doing? That's, yeah. that's, that's not good. <laughs> uh, how, do, your, do your users like that? Have they, you know, do you get help desk calls around that? That sounds like you're probably slowing the system down to a halt. And, and uh, that's what's happening. Well, you would and, see and, people would end up getting another machine that's like off the grid, if you will, so it's like, oh, th- this is my work machine. I'm holding up my machine for, for everybody on the podcast. Okay. But it's like, this is my work machine. I don't use this. I've got this other Mac that I bought or something. 
I'm using this because this one's like too slow. You yeah, know, yeah. they just work. Business people will work around the system. Very much so. If, Very much if, so. You know, they just will because like they they have to get their job done, and they're just like, ah, I'm not I'm not dealing with it. You know. And you know this too, when, when, when your system runs slow, it's the first thing everyone goes to. It's got to be my security software. Disable, <laughs> yeah. disable immediately. And you're thinking to yourself, like, like, you know, if my house is out of order, the first thing I'm not thinking about is like, let's remove all the security around the house. Like, like hopefully that'll fix it. And, and so, and then a lot of times they forget to even turn it back on. So you're running, I mean, you're right. People love of least resistance. Like people are going to find a way to get their jobs done. And if you put barriers in their way, they're going to find a way around them. And, and some of those barriers are trying to do good, but it just, it becomes overwhelming at the end of the day. Other day I was driving, my check engine light came on and my first thought was just whip that seatbelt right off, you know, like, that's the problem. So Charles, um, historically I've seen, you know, IT departments and security departments tend to be siloed, but today more and more IT departments are in charge of operationalizing security controls. So I'm curious about your thoughts on, on that evolution, kind of where you think it's going and how it would affect uh, companies like Tanium that's already straddling that fence between IT and security. Yeah. So uh, I don't know that people uh, all understand, and, and you raise an extremely good point, the animosity that has built up in a lot of companies between security and operations. And operations, you know, are the folks that have been there for a long time and have really built the infrastructure in the back end of, of the organization security it's relatively newer uh, to the party but those teams traditionally don't like each other they don't talk they sit on different floors they're in different campuses it's like you know and, and, and the reality is you look at that and you're like you can't do security with good operations. I mean, that was a fundamental uh, tenet that we were very much a proponent of in building Tanium is if you're not operating, if you can't, you can't secure what you can't manage, you can't manage what you don't know about. And yet we're still worried about all these like advanced attacks and we don't even know how many assets we have. No one feels comfortable that they've got a single point of truth in the environment. So you, you sort of need both teams to be working really, really closely together but you look at the tools that they're given and those tools are so designed for one market or another market uh, without a lot of overlap. And when they do try to, when security tools do try to get fancy and do things on the operational side, they're, they're very mediocre at best and operations teams look at that and say, listen, the incumbent isn't great, but it's better than that. And so you, you get a lot of fragmented types of approaches. And, and for us, our, our approach was always, we've got to unify the technology in order to unify the teams if we can unify the teams, then the environment's going to be better as a result of that. If you know how many assets you have and you know where they're at and you know what state they're in, you've given a security team one of the biggest gifts they could possibly ever give. I mean, you've given them basically the denominators of the equation. I mean, everything else above that, the numerator is all use cases, right? The denominator is like, what do I have? What's my environment look like? And I've had some um, you know, pr prospective customers tell me, listen, you know, because I always ask, I'm like, so, you know, what are we dealing with? How many assets? And, you know, some are, are real bold and like, I've got this many. And then you're like, okay, so, you know, how did you come across that number? Well, <laughs> it's our best guess. Like we've got, we got 10 different numbers. And this is the one I like the best today. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a number. Some of them say they're flat out honest. So like, it could be 500,000, it could be 700,000. I just don't know. And, and they say it with such cavalier and, you know, in sincerity, but th that's a problem. And that's, that's not their problem. That's a technology problem right there. You know, if I were to say, Hey, I think I've got between five and seven kids, I think maybe I'm not really <laughs> sure. I'm not sure exactly if any of them are going to school or if they're even alive right now. I'm not really sure what's going on, but you know, you, you, you sort of, it sounds, it sounds goofy when you say it in any other context. I, I, I kind of don't know, but it's my job to know. 
both let's point at technology and say, listen, your technology is not giving you an answer that you need to be demanding you got that answer. Because if you got that, yeah, I mean, the world becomes a lot more obtainable when you know what you're dealing with, because that's the single answer that everyone is searching for. No one remembers what they searched for in Google. I guarantee you the first time you got it. I know what everyone searches for in Tanium because I watch them and I, I watch in their amazement. They type, how many computers do I have? And then that number pops up. And then some of them say, I know it. And then some of them are like, is that right? Because if that is, that's a lot higher than I expected. <laughs> it's normally on average about 20% higher than what they expected, which to me, I say, listen, you now know about the other 20%. Let's go do something about it. That 20% you didn't know about, that is an attacker's hackers paradise. That is where they're going to play ball. That's exactly where they want. They want they want you to not know about that 20% for as long as you possibly can, but let's let's tackle it together. Awesome. Well, Charles, you know, um, we just have a little bit of time left. Uh, this has been awesome uh, talking to you. And uh, it sounds like I, I'm very impressed by the culture that you've talked about with Tanium. I mean, it's, it's been, that's, I think that's been uh, really, really cool to hear about your hiring practices and, and the, and the kind of talent that you guys are bringing on. What, what sort of, what do you see, um, you know, what do you see as kind of the future? You know, what's, what are you guys thinking about? Um, where are things evolving? Um, maybe give us a, a little insight on the, you know, into, into that. Yeah. I, for us, uh, the future really is um, helping more and more organizations to, to come to grips with the realities of what they're facing with now, which is, I truly believe as a new normal. I don't think this is a temporary thing. I don't think we revert back to all our previous practices. I, I think what we've got is what we're what we're going to be living with for a long time, which is understanding our environments in a way that we've never understood them before, getting much clearer visibility, getting much clearer control. Um, and I think organizations are start starting to really stop and ask themselves, why why did we make the decisions we made? What what were we thinking? Why did we decide we wanted all these you know security things happening and without really seeing a lot of return on on those investments? Um, I think when you look at the types of breaches that are happening um, in every instance, it, it all involves endpoints the company didn't know about, and you can't possibly protect against that. Um, and I think that we spend so much time collectively focusing on the next shiny object. We think about like the ninja coming through the skylight, you know, at a certain time of day and doing some <laughs> you know, advanced, you know, uh, you know, techniques to enter our house. And, and then, and then you say, well, like, did you even know you had a skylight? Do you, do you know how many doors you have? Do you know how many windows you have? And, you know, it's just, and, and I think the basic hygiene um, elements, which are not, I will admit, are not the most glamorous or not the thing people get up excited about. No, no, no one in life says, oh, I want, you know, I'm excited about this hygiene that we're working on. Like, you know, it's, it's what your mom told you to do that you always ignored. Like, have good hygiene. You're like, yeah, whatever, I'll wash my hands. Well, you know, you, you sort of have to have um, a little bit more than what you've had before. And, and I think that um, a lot of technology out there is um, starting to fail for companies in pretty meaningful ways. I think that the ones that are, are really powerful are starting to show their, their strength and, and expand. Um, but, you know, I, I often think of quotes like uh, Sun, Sun Tzu, um, you know, Art of War um, that I, I, I turn to a lot. And, you know, he says you can't really rely on the likelihood of the enemy not coming because they're absolutely coming. Um, but you've got to focus on your own read readiness to receive them. Um, and I think that that all starts at the endpoint. So I think the future for us is, is we're an endpoint company. We're going to mm -hmm. make that the most powerful part of your equation. Um, we're going to make it uh, be uh, secured. We're going to make it be compliant. 
Um, and we're also going to make it very easy for you to do your job. Uh, we want to take work off people's plates right now. We don't want to add more to it. So to do that, you've got to really think about the architecture of what you're building. You've got to think about how you deliver it. You've got to think about the culture of the company. I mean, there's a lot of points into that that, that kind of end up with the outcomes that you, uh, you know, that companies will receive. But um, Tanium is, is making it easier to get access to Tanium. We've put it in the cloud. Uh, we've, we've made it so it's much more contextualized. It's much more intuitive. Uh, you open it up and it starts telling you exactly what you need to do today and where you need to be focused, which will allow us to enter into even more markets that we're not into today. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited also about we're doing a partnership with Salesforce uh, that will be announced actually at their um, user conference at Dreamforce in November, um, where you're taking a best of, of a breed technology on a platform side that's really focused on this customer 360. And they're going to be relying on Tanium to really focus on IT service management and ITOM and really these, these advancements where you can take solid information into an existing platform that allows the company to do more with the with the resources they've got and with the already with the investments that they already have made uh, as well. And so that's the future. I think it's really consolidation, rationalization, work with the right companies with the right visions. And then I think it's, you know, the tide goes away and, you know, we, we find out who's left and, you know, who's really adding value to these organizations. Also, uh, first Art of War reference on our podcast. So uh, that was cool. Uh, and also, and just, you know, you think about basic hygiene and it kind of really ties back to the p pandemic, right? I mean, that's some of this basic hygiene stuff that needs to be done in order to kind of make this thing go away. And you think about it, it ties back to security and, and everything else. If, if you're not doing some of the basics, uh, then all the fancy stuff on top doesn't really matter. Doesn't so. matter. Cool. Charles, thank you so much. Really appreciate uh, you coming on. Richard, thank you for joining us. And, and Jeffrey, always uh, great to have you. It has been a pleasure. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure as well. I really appreciate it. And you guys have a great rest of the day. Awesome. See you, Charles. Bye-bye. See you guys. Bye. Thanks, Richard. No worries. Thanks, guys. That awesome job. Good work. Yeah, good work. Oh, by the way, I did find out that there are... We, we, we're so silly. Of course, there's Apple gift cards for for uh disney plus apple tv apple oh we were plus. thinking of uh disney disney yes. plus yeah that's right oh sorry i looked up apple yeah that merger hasn't happened yet but <laughs> <laughs> anyways but, so but watch the horizon <laughs> watch watch for that but uh that uh we'll we'll uh we'll definitely get 25 gift cards out to the to the first 25 that enter on evotech.com slash tnt29 and uh and uh, we'll figure out what those gift cards are once we once we do that yeah, awesome. And I was thinking of Apple Plus, and I, I typed that in, but uh, obviously we're looking for Disney Plus. But <laughs> either way, we'll we'll get you some kind of some kind of cool stuff. Yeah, you will get a good streaming service card. Yes, to be clear, your weekend schedule so you have plenty of time to binge whatever service that you get. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, thanks a lot, everybody, and we'll see you next time.